What's up, everyone? It's me, AJ, and you're listening to Housewives Happy Hour with AJ, and it's time for After Hour Tea. Welcome back, everyone, to After Hour Tea. Today, I'm going to start with Atlanta. So, I have a major shakeup um, update for you guys for Atlanta. So, according to Oliver Anthony, um, a blog, uh, Portia and Cynthia Cynthia are reportedly hanging up their peaches for season 14 of Atlanta. So, um, these two women are believed to be exiting the franchise. However, there is some gossip that the ladies will simply no longer be a part of the show in a full-time capacity and may stick around as friends. So, current Housewives Candy, Kenya, and Drew will return as full-time Housewives for season 14. They will be joined by longtime friend of the Housewives, Marlo Hampton, who will finally be upgraded to a full-time Housewife. Um, OG Sheree will also reportedly be making another comeback to the franchise. She previously starred on the show between the seasons of 1 through 4 and then as well as 8 through 10. The five Housewives will be joined by one new addition, which will give the Atlanta cast six full-time Housewives for season 14. And filming is scheduled to begin sometime in October, and the season will likely premiere on Bravo in early spring 2022. But that is the update I have so far. So I'm going to move over to Beverly Hills. Lots to share for you guys this week. Um, Just lots of things were happening. So um, I know Denise is not on the show anymore, but I have a few things regarding her. Um, and some family drama. So Denise and her ex-husband Charlie Sheen have had a roller coaster relationship for many years, as we all know, but they always seem to have found common ground when it comes to raising their two daughters, Sammy and Lola. Uh, the former couple called it quits in 2005 and finalized their divorce in 2006. Now Denise and Charlie are struggling to agree on parenting when it comes to their 17-year-old daughter, Sammy. Um, This news comes a week after it was revealed that Sammy moved in with her dad amid abuse allegations against her mother. Um, A source spoke with Us Weekly and said Denise is just like any other divorced parent dealing with a rebellious teenage daughter. It's better for Sammy if Denise and Charlie were co-parenting her during this time. They are not. Sammy is living with Charlie at his apartment in Malibu. Lola does spend time with her sister, but she lives with her mom. Uh, Lola goes back and forth between her parents whenever Denise is working, as she is now. Denise wants her daughters to have boundaries, not to be out all hours of the night, and she has no desire to be their friend at this time of their life. The time will come later as the girls grow older for Denise to be their friend. Source also adds that Charlie is the good time dad, and while rules rules and curfew aren't really set in stone, and that is why Sammy went to live with her dad. As we previously reported... um, uh, or as it's been, sorry, as it's been previously reported, Sammy recently claimed in a now private TikTok video that during 2020 she was trapped in a in an abusive home, um, and then put now finally moved out of the hell house, had a spiritual awakening, owned two cats, happy, single, full of self love, and dropped out of high school. Um, after that video went viral, uh, Charlie released a statement via his rep saying that Sammy is doing amazing. I love her and all my children unconditionally. We're having a ball. GED, here we come. As for Denise, a second source says she's saddened by the drama and still loves Sammy very much. Uh, the the insider also explained, Denise set normal rules that any parent would be setting. She's a mom and a parent. There are rules. She didn't want to follow the rules. Charlie didn't support implementing Denise's rules. He has a different way of parenting and Sammy decided to live with her dad. Um, look, if you were to ask me, I mean, 
like, okay, so if I'm watching the TikTok, and I, I don't mean to, like, shame anybody who has anxiety or depression or or whatever, um, and, like, the TikTok said, like, hated myself, would go days without eating or sleeping, insanely depressed, hated school, etc. And then she's saying, like, you know, had a spiritual awakening, owned two cats, happily single. It's like, yeah, of course you're happily single. You're fucking 17 years old full of self-love and dropped out of high school. Dropping out of high school, by the way, is not really something to be proud of. Um, I, I don't know why people like, you know, like high school is, is hard, but it's not that hard. And I, I, there's resources to help people who are struggling in high school. You know, and the reason I say that is because I struggled with high school and um, I actually ended up graduating a year early because I figured out how to get out of there early um, but I didn't drop out, you know, like <laughs> when you're struggling, you, you shouldn't quit. And I, I think that that's kind of a shame that she's advertising that as like a way out. Um, it's a little disappointing because I feel like, um, you know, I mean, we don't obviously know Charlie Sheen and Denise Richards as parents. However, um, I don't, I mean, all I can say is that, you know, we're only seeing one side of the story and it's, it's a little shameful. But um, I wish them the best, and it's really unfortunate that all that is happening. I'm going to put a pin in Denise's um, drama just for a second. I'm going to scoot over to some drama with Erica. Um, it seems that Erica's mom, Renee, has been caught trolling Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fans on Twitter. Um, according to Bravo Snark's side, it's been confirmed that... Um, the account is named at Archahoy. Chihoy, I hope I'm saying that right, account trolling Twitter comments of fans and housewives alike is in fact Erica's mom. Um, if you look at Renee's Instagram page, it has a link to her website of her own name and via that website, it links you to her, her social media accounts, one of which is that Twitter account. Um, so yes, it's been confirmed that they belong to Renee, her mom, and since then the accounts have all gone private. So what has Erica's mom been saying? I will read you the tweets. Um... <laughs> So one fan tweeted, you heard it here first. She'll fight and fight those widows and orphans for every cent they're entitled to. To which Renee replied, wrong. Uh, in July, another fan tweeted, more proof that you were only with Tom for money because, well... And then Renee fired back by saying, really? Did you live with them? And she then thanked Erica's co-star, Kyle, um, for being a good friend to her daughter, saying, thank you for your friendship with Erica. Um, and then, um, then she took an aim at Sutton after clapping back following Erica's small town dig. Um, if you didn't see that, um, Sutton had tweeted, does this look small town to you? A little TBT of my pride and joy hometown, Augusta, Georgia. According to Renee, Erica is carrying Beverly Hills and Sutton needs to stop acting like she's such a big deal. Uh, Renee wrote, this is a well-planned TV show and Erica is carrying it with her true life on the line. She also added, the nerve of Sutton to act like she's so important. Smell town. <laughs> Renee then said amen to Erica fighting for herself. She then called the investigation into Erica a sham and wondered why investigations or investigators aren't looking into the firm and employees. On top of that, Renee then tweeted that if Sutton, Garcelle, and Paul, oh, I'm sorry, PK, are so worried about Tom's victims, why aren't they volunteering to help the victims? They have money. Um... Yeah, there's that. That was the round of mean tweets, and yeah, her account has since gone uh, private. But um, gotta hand it to her; she's sticking up for her daughter. <laughs>
So the upcoming Beverly Hills reunion was filmed, and I have some tea that Andy spilled um, on what we're going to expect. And he has insisted that Erica answers everything at the season 11 reunion. Uh, one of the things that I took from his interview was the last minute or the last 90 minutes was a very spirited conversation about the case and what's going on. Uh, the viewers had amazing questions, and I feel that we represented the, ten- the the tenor of what the viewers were feeling. I thought it was fascinating. It was engaging. It was surprising. We spoke about everything. Despite Andy's promises, some fans are still not convinced. Um, of course, Erica answered everything. There are all softball. Qu- there they were all softball questions. So why wouldn't she answer everything? Is what one fan had expressed on a Real Housewives franchise Instagram page, um, and. Then a second fan noted, answers everything. Sure, Jan. I can't wait to see... Or sure, I think sure, John is what she meant to say. I, can, I can't I can wait to see, and I will see for myself if Erica answered everything. Oh my gosh. Another fan commented, they'll definitely go soft on her. He kept reminding us she isn't being criminally char- uh, charged. The question will basically be, where is the money? And her answer will be, I don't know. There is a difference between answering a question and addressing a question. Uh, now, Andy did confirm that they did discuss a myriad of hot topics with Erica, including widows and orphans, dementia, Alzheimer's, other women cheating, money who money and who owes what, hiding money and stuff like that. Now, whether or not it's going to be aired is a different question, but if they discussed it, then that's, that's good. Um, when asked whether they discussed the future, what do we know about the court and jail... Um, at the reunion, Andy said yes. However, he cautioned, I want to point out she has not been charged with a crime. Andy also concluded by saying there was nothing left on the table. I do not feel, um, I think when you and I were sitting there, part of the thing that was happening to my brain, which was overextended at that point, but I think that you know, when you shoot these shows, you're in there for so long. And I called Doug and Alex, the producers Saturday when I landed, you're thinking in your head of things that maybe you wish that you had said, or you wonder if you should have said or countered. So, but ultimately I feel really good about everything we did. I'm definitely excited to see, you know, this reunion. I mean, it's it's building up and building up. So circling back over to Denise, Lisa Rinna is finally admitting that she treated former co-star and longtime friend Denise Richards like shit during season 10 of Beverly Hills. On Wednesday, Lisa appeared on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, where she owned the fact that she was exceptionally cruel and mean to Denise last season. She uh, specifically said, I don't like my behavior and how I treated Denise. I was mean and I was cruel. I was too cruel. I absolutely was. And I would like to atone for that. She also revealed why she's standing by Erica amid accusations that she and Tom embezzled millions from his clients, including widows and orphans. Lisa then says that she'd do, she'd do if she found out Erica was lying to her. Oh, I'm sorry. Lisa then says what she'd do if she found out Erica was lying to her about not being aware or involved in Tom's alleged crimes. Um... Andy said, the number one question I get, and I think all of you get, is did Erica know, did she know that Tom was allegedly, did she know what Tom was allegedly doing? Did you automatically, um, did you automatically think that she didn't know, or did you have conversations that brought you to that opinion? And Lisa confessed, saying, I think, and I still do think that we need to let this play out. Why would Tom ever tell Erica Jane anything? She doesn't work at the law firm. There's a lawyer or client privilege. How could he ever even come home and say, oh, honey, by the way, I did this, this, and this. Andy then asked, will you feel bad for defending her if it comes out that she was knowledgeable of his crimes? 
And she said, of course I will, and I will have it out with her. That's the thing. If she is somehow lying to me in any way, shape, or form, we will come to terms with that. I have to let this play out because no one has been charged. No one has been arrested. We haven't even heard her side of the story. Um, she continued by saying, I know everyone is furious with me for standing by her, but she is my friend. At the end of the day, she has been charged, and I believe he did it. He did this. It's, it's tough because... Um, I mean, it's not as cut and dry as the situation last year with Denise, but I, I do get where people are saying, and I, and I, I agree a little bit that, um, you know, Rena didn't really have super concrete proof that, you know, anything had happened last year. And I think she was so quick to just speculate and assume. So, um, it's a little, uh, um, unfortunate that the fallout of her friendship with, you know, Denise happened over that, but, um, who knows? I mean, maybe there's a hope for reconciliation in the future. So, um, it's no secret that Bethany Frankel from New York Housewives is a know-it-all, and apparently she knew all about Tom's financial issues years before they became public knowledge. Um, she revealed that she knew about Tom's financial issues for years because he allegedly owed her late ex-boyfriend, Dennis, $500,000. A quote from her is, my experience, or, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, my experience is, especially with the housewives, if someone's flaunting their money, they don't really have it. Um, this is what she said on a September 16th episode of her podcast, Just Be with Bethany Frankel. Um, she claims that she met Tom at a lawyer's conference years ago. During their meeting, Bethany talked with Tom about Erica flaunting their wealth on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. After the meeting, Dennis told her that Tom owed him money. Um, Bethany said, he owes me half a million dollars. I know this other guy. He owes a, a million and a half dollars. He doesn't have money. He owes everybody money. Um, she noted that she was confused about how Erica could fly private all the time and spend five fifty k a month on a glam squad, to which Dennis allegedly responded, it's because he's using people's money to support her lifestyle. He's using the company's money to support her lifestyle. In May of 2018, Bethany said she discovered that Tom's financial woes were the worst kept secret in the world of Los Angeles attorneys, adding it was a thing. Dennis also allegedly told Bethany that Tom's debt aggravates everybody, adding that he couldn't say no to Erica. Um, that's just what happens. Things take a long time to come out. She said they all knew about it. She also went on to say that she told Andy Cohen about Tom and Erica's finances shortly after she discovered the news. However, it wasn't until the news about Tom's financial issues broke in 2020 that Andy allegedly told Bethany, holy shit, you really do know it all. You told me this years ago. And she said, I knew about this since 2017 and this all came out in 2020. Honestly, not surprised because I know Bethany pretty much knows everything. She's a queen. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> so to close off with Beverly Hills, I will leave you with this. It turns out Erica Jane um, was less than pleased to see Kyle, Dorit, and their husbands laughing at her unbelievable stories about her um, ex-husband, Tom Girardi, on Wednesday's episode of Beverly Hills. Um, Erica tweeted in response to a fan who tweeted a clip of the foursome laughing, saying, Team Erica, but only to her face. And she, uh, she reacted by saying, felt great watching this with kind of like a sad face. Um, during this week's episode of Beverly Hills, Dorit and Kyle told their husbands about Erica's latest claims about Tom. And the foursome discussed Erica's most recent claims that Tom confronted a burglar in his Pasadena mansion and ended up in the hospital, needed surgery after injuring his eye. She then claimed that her son Tommy went to check on Tom and then flipped his car five times on his way home due to snowy weather. Um, the group found this... <laughs> Tall tale hard to swallow and couldn't help but laugh at Erica's odd accounts. Um, 
PK had said, I'm suggesting she's been in a controlling marriage for 20 years and she's still being controlled. I think Tom lied to Erica and Erica went along with it. And he also said, there's no car rolling. There's no 12 hours unconscious. And Mauricio added that he believes that there are lies all over the place while Dorit called the stories bonkers. Meanwhile, Lisa shared her feelings on the gossip session while appearing on Wednesday's episode of Watch What Happens Live. Lisa admitted that watching the scene hurt her immensely, and she said, It actually hurt me to see that because as we watch the show back, we don't know what other people are doing. I felt sad for everyone involved because of the mocking and the laughing. She also added, I don't think anyone meant to go there, but they did, and it hurt my heart. Um... Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a little shame. Like I was, I felt bad that they were kind of making fun of her because, you know, especially Kyle and Dorit, they're supposed to be there for her because they've known her the longest and they're they're closer with her, and so it's a little disappointing that them and their husbands, you know, kind of were making fun of that. Um, at the same time, the story was completely all over the place, didn't make any sense, and I'm sorry, but if you're a Team Erica fan you had to be as confused as I was. I I didn't understand the relevance of why it was brought up at all, um, let alone, you know, like, what that had to do with anything. Um, And just the confusingness of the details, and it was just, it was a little all over the place. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe everything that happened, but again, I don't think that they should have made fun of her for that. So that's it for Beverly Hills. Um, I'm going to try to keep After Hour Tease to the shows that are currently airing. Um, just because, um, there's been so much lately. It's like weird. There was like no press for a while and then there's just all this press and tea all of a sudden. So I'm going to try to keep it, um, to the shows that are currently airing. So, um, Giselle is claiming the, oh, sorry, I'm moving over to Potomac. <laughs> just jumping right in. Um, Giselle claims that she chatted with Wendy about the Eddie cheating rumors before season six began filming. Um, so on a recent appearance of We Should Talk With at Gibbs Sonoma, she said, I'm going to give you a little tea before the season even started. She and I talked about it on the phone. Um, we talked about all the social media stuff. It was a very rushed conversation and we had to get off the phone. And in my mind, I was like, I'm going to readdress this with her, but like not the reaction she had in Williamsburg at all. Very, very, very strange and different. She also added, because I had talked to her about these things before and she wasn't upset about any of it, right? So talk, to, so talk about it on camera clearly is not going to upset you. Her reaction for me was bonkers. Why would your reaction be the, dif- be the difference if you weren't upset about it off camera? Um, meanwhile, Wendy told OK Magazine that Giselle's actions definitely hurt my feelings. She said, my issue was with Giselle bringing up something that she said she knows is a lie on a platform of millions of people. I thought we were better than that. If you're my friend, then why would you bring it to the platform? Because as a friend, you were supposed to squash rumors of your friend, not bring them up. And if you were so considerate, then I would expect you to talk to me about it. She later admitted to Entertainment Tonight that she believes Giselle's attacks on Eddie were premeditated. She said, I do think it was premeditated, and I also know that certain individuals on this show have a pattern in the practice of attacking people's families. That's what they do. That's what they get off on. And you know, again, if that's what you do, do you. But don't do that with the Osefo crew. I don't play. She also continued by saying, talk about my wigs, my clothes, anything you want. Just talk about me. But don't talk about a man who is not not just a good husband, but a good father, and his only crime is supporting me to be on this platform, don't do that because I will drag you. (laughs) Um, I mean, I totally on Wendy's side with this. I mean, her reaction was a little, whoa, but, um, rightfully so, right? I mean, it's like, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because Giselle, um, she's, 
she kind of does this season after season and we all love her for it because it's just kind of like bringing up random drama. Um, and Wendy's just, you know, the product of it this season. So, um, it's definitely unfortunate, but, um, it is what it is and it's out there and it's, you know, it's drama so we can watch it. <laughs> and lastly with Potomac, it seems that Candace is clapping back after Giselle insists that her husband, Chris, rides her coattails. On last week's episode of Real Housewives of Potomac, Giselle quipped that Chris is riding Candace's coattails. She later doubled down on her claims on the Potomac after show. Um, Giselle said, she sings, she wants to act, she has a personality that's out of this world. I want her to be as successful as possible. So when I see her husband that by trade is a chef, all of a sudden not chefing anymore, and decides to be a manager, it just, I don't know, gave me a little yellow flags. Spidey senses went up a bit. Um, and Candace clapped back in her own after show interview saying, I mean, Wendy said it, of course you wouldn't recognize a supportive husband if it smacked you in your face, girl. Um, <laughs> she then continued saying, so when I hear this woman say to me that my husband who would do anything to make me happy would do anything so that my career and dreams and my dreams are reality. I don't know an example of him supporting her in that way that my husband has supported me. Um, she then noted that she was almost can't even be upset with Giselle for the dig. She said, you're only responding to my experience as a product of your environment environment, and as a product of what you have been through and what you still go through. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with Candace, but I mean, this is Giselle. This is who she is. This is why she's messy. She's always been messy. Um, and um, what else was I going to say? Oh, um, I did think that it was a little weird, you know, that Candace was like so reliant on Chris when it's like he does have a full-time job. And this is something that, you know, Candace is doing as a passion and not really a job. I don't think she's doing it as a job. But um, yeah, so it's it's kind of... But, you know, we know Candace is a very tough, tough woman. So um, <laughs> I think Chris does a great job of, you know, handling her. <laughs> And lastly, I'm going to move over to Salt Lake City. Um, Meredith Marks isn't tiptoeing around how she really feels about her co-star and former friend Jen Shaw. In a new interview with Entertainment Tonight, um, Meredith slammed Jen for not taking the criminal charges against her seriously. She said, there's absolutely no way anybody could have possibly anticipated things to unfold the way that they do. Um, in March, Jen was arrested for allegedly operating a nationwide telemarketing scheme that targeted vulnerable, often elderly working class people. A month later, Jen pleaded not guilty to federal charges of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and money laundering. If found guilty, Jen faces up to 30 years in prison. Um, Meredith noted that these are very, very serious charges in a district that has an extraordinarily high conviction rate. And Meredith said, I would be taking them very seriously. I know she pokes fun at things here and there, like the Kim Kardashian comment about joining her legal team or whatever. I can't for the life of me imagine that she's not taking them seriously. I think maybe that's her coping mechanism. I don't know. Her way of dealing with it may just be making light of it. Um, and as for the narrative that she tipped off the feds to Jen's whereabouts before the arrest, Meredith says it's nothing more than projecting and deflecting. She also notes that she only met Jen in 2019, seven years after the federal investigation began. Um, she said, you do the math. Jen can be a very intimidating person, and I think a lot of women are very intimidated, and it's easy to deflect and project. I don't really know who she is. Um, and as for the future of their relationship, uh, Meredith says, it's very hard for me to really come to a full resolution when I can't understand it, but I can put it to rest, you know, and move forward. I mean, I'm not someone who likes to dwell on stuff. I like to move forward. I do believe that people strive to do better. They can do better and that you have to have levels of forgiveness. 
I mean, even if Jen ends up found guilty and whatever else, you pay your dues, you serve your time, there's restitution, there's this and that and other, and it doesn't mean that you're forever scarred by this. We have to move forward and things do move forward in life. Does it mean that I want to be friend with her? Does it mean that I want to be her best friend? No. But can she make good on these things? If in fact she did do them to some degree, of course, that's the point. We would be human if we didn't try to do better. Perfectly said, Queen Meredith couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> and to close off, um, Mary Cosby, star of Housewives of Salt Lake City, is accused of running an alleged cult by her former Faith Temple members. She is also charged with instilling fear in anyone who attempts to leave the religious sect. Um, according to the Daily Beast, former church members claim that Mary operates the church like a cult. Not only does Mary allegedly refer to herself as God, but she also tells members that they will be condemned to hell if they don't listen to her. They also allege that the reality TV star encourages members to work for free or minimum wage at her family's numerous businesses and berates churchgoers from the podium, which fans have witnessed firsthand in an unearthed video from 2020. Um, Mary's uncle, Ernest Walton, said... While referring to his niece's Utah church as a cult, he said, I think it's an abomination. Everything's coming out in the, into the light now and everything's coming down. Um, a former member of the church said, it's not a joke. She go, she got, she's got these people terrified. That woman is the most evil thing that ever walked this earth. You have no idea. All those smiles and shit, that is not real. Uh, one former church member who spoke to the publication said that Mary brainwashes members of the congregation on the regular. Former member Ralph Arnold Jr. added, she preaches that she is God on earth. The church has gone to ruin and most everyone has left because Mary has no anointing whatsoever when she preaches. She just screams at her members and mentally abuses them into submission. She brainwashes them on the regular, not to mention the utterly flamboyant and hypocritical life she lives. Another former male member who requested to remain anonymous said it was all about the money. There would be grueling hours and hours of people badgered for donations. They would sit and demand money until they got a certain dollar figure, whatever sum was in their head before they let people go. Now, that didn't mean that they had guns to their head, but they would shame you if you left. They would shame you if you didn't give enough. So it was a form of mental manipulation. Mary has denied claims that she's running a cult or using money from her congregation to fund her lavish lifestyle. Um, in January 2021, Mary defended herself during an interview with Entertainment Tonight, saying, Clearly, I'm not going to get on national television, be a housewife, and be in a cult. Like, come on, I believe in my church. There is no cult. My church members know. Um, they know those allegations are false. Those are ridiculous. It's the people that are looking for fault. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think that she's running a cult? I don't know, honestly. I mean, I, I don't see why she would get on a reality show if she has a cult. Um, but then again, I mean, who knows? Maybe she is. I don't know. <laughs> Let me know. DM me. Tell me what you think. Um, all I can say is this season of Salt Lake City is going to be epic. <laughs> well, my friends, we have reached the end of After Hour Tea. I hope you enjoyed it. Here is your flash filming update. Atlanta is set to begin filming in October, as I previously said. Beverly Hills is still airing on Wednesdays, and we think we're gearing up towards the end because they had just filmed the reunion last week. Um, probably about two or three more episodes and we will be done. Um, Real Housewives of Miami is still, um, I don't know when the premiere is. I'm assuming it's going to be a late fall premiere. So it, we should be getting a trailer hopefully pretty soon. Um, Real Housewives of New Jersey will also be getting a fall premiere, I'm pretty sure, or like a winter premiere, I guess, um, for the first time in a while. 
And uh, Real Housewives of New York is filming their reunion, I believe, this month. I don't know the exact date, but I know that it is happening this month. Real Housewives of Orange County is currently still filming. Um, Potomac is airing on Sundays, and Salt Lake City is airing on Sundays as well. They're back-to-back. And that is your... Sorry, that's my dog. (laughs) That is your Flash Filming Update. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you know when the new episodes arrive. If you have any news to share, feel free to message me so I can talk about all your favorite tea. Follow me on Instagram at AJ Jafari for updates on the podcast and the latest news regarding all things Housewives. Until next time, this was Housewives Happy Hour with AJ.